Hey, my name is Amanda. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you find your next step toward Jesus. Enjoy the message. It's out of 1 John 4, verses 7 through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how he showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let's continue. to follow that. I don't really know where to go. All right, so we're, thank you. Um, we're, we're in a series on relationships, not just romantic relationships, but let's just take that as an example. Um, how do you know if it's going well? Like what, what, what is a relationship for? What's it for? And if you don't know some, how some, what something is for or how to, how to grade it, then you don't know how you're doing. Um, I, I was born in Atlanta, spent the first chunk of my life there, and in the 90s in Atlanta, the Braves were king. Um, and so I grew up with baseball. And a little bit ago, I, I haven't watched much baseball since kids, and, um, because they take time. And uh, we went to a, a catfish game over at Capahaw, and I was sitting there, and my kids started asking questions about baseball. And I did not realize how incredibly difficult that game is to describe. You, you make a statement like, oh, three strikes and you're out. I mean, unless it's a foul ball, and then it can go for forever. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, if he catches the ball, they're out, but not that person. They have to run back and touch the base, and if he's holding the ball when they touch the base, then they're out. But if he's not holding the ball, then they can touch the base, then they can run to the next base. And I mean, on and on and on. Um, baseball is this tough thing to keep up with. H- how, how are they doing? Well, it's, it's a little complicated to figure out how things are functioning. And if you don't know what something's function is, or like I grew up with brothers. I have um, four brothers, uh, brother, a half brother, two step brothers. And so I just only knew um, guys. And I, I did not know that there were some specific things that happen in a ladies' world that I was completely uninformed about. One of them, can we just talk about pockets on women's clothing for a second? What are they for? I mean, an Aldi quarter and that's it? You know, I mean, yeah. And, and like you can't, you can't put anything. I, 90s, I grew up with cargo shorts. You could smuggle a VCR in one of those pockets. And you, and you had a, a, a spot for a hammer? You, you know, do you remember the, the hammer? Like why? Um, my pockets were to hold things. Didn't even need a locker. I have cargo shorts. We're fine. Uh, and, then, and then I have a wife and a daughter, and it's like they can't even put a Lego in one of those things. What's it for? And how do you know if it's going well? Well, relationships are one of those things that we just find ourselves in. And what are they for? 
Are these good? How do we know? Those are values we tend to just absorb without um, thinking about it uh, from the people around us. One more story, it's college football season. I went to Florida State and I, I know I've shared this at some point before, but once I, I stayed up all night, um, all nighter with like well over a thousand people um, waiting to get student section tickets at a football game to play Miami. And, um, and everybody starts running and shouting and I think we're just having a good time because we're excited about football and I'm running with the thing. And then I realize I am accidentally participating in a riot. People are tearing down fences, fighting the police, there's pepper spray, and I'm like, I'm gonna go home. You know, <clears throat> and, and look, here's the thing. Sometimes you can accidentally get caught up in, in something and you're not even sure that this is the thing you're supposed to be in um, if you don't know wh what's going on. Why are we doing this? So let me pose the question again. What's a relationship for? How do you know if it's good? And where did you get that answer from? The answer that came, comes up in your mind. Where, where did it come? It came from somewhere. Where, where did you get that one? Good source? Bad source? Um, I want to talk about that today. And if you would, uh, try with me a little bit. I want today today's to be a little workshoppy, like we're going to do some stuff. Um, and so just heads up. If you have a piece of paper and a pen, go ahead and grab it or borrow it from the lady next to you who has a, uh, a purse and is aptly prepared. Um, she also probably has a first aid kit and jumper cables in there just in case you need it. Uh, but if you don't, you can pull out your phone. Um, a lot of times, like I have an iPhone, you can use the notes section on there. You can even click the little icon that looks like a pencil and you can draw stuff. Um, you won't need it just yet, uh, but, but when we get to that part, that will be helpful. So what's a relationship for? Um, one of the definitions or, or ways that you've maybe been given to think about it, I'm not an expert on this subject, but rewind to high school maybe for some of you and we'll talk about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Does that ring a bell for any, anybody? Maslow, yes, okay, so here you go. Um, so the idea is that there are foundational needs and when those are met, then we can climb the ladder and takes care, take care of the next set of needs. Now you notice relationships are halfway up. Um, they are the love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, a sense of connection. What is the relationship for? It is there to support the next thing, your own self-esteem, which is there to support the pinnacle which is self-actualization that you can express who you are, your creativity, you can live into who you believe that you are in the world. And in this model, um, at least as I understand it, relationships are so that you can have a sense of self-esteem and so that you can be self-actualized and be who you think you are in the world. And so a relationship is not good if it isn't helping you with those things immediately. It is good if it is giving you that sense. I would argue that um, whether my understanding is complete or not with Maslow, that that understanding has been largely adopted, at least subconsciously, by our culture. That people look at the relationships in their lives and they evaluate, is this a good relationship solely based on if it helps them become the person that they want to be? And that that's kind of the whole grading system. Um, and I would like to propose uh, that there is something better. 
that we have something um, richer worth talking about than just does this help me become who I believe I'm supposed to be? And if it doesn't, then it is leavable. And there is someone out there, something out there, some, um, whether it's relationship with your sibling or your spouse or your parents or your boss or your employees um, or the people at work, whatever, your apartment mate, um, if this isn't helping me become who I think I'm supposed to be, then, then this isn't worth it and I, I should go. Uh, and as followers of Jesus, um, I'm grateful that we can, um, we can look at his teaching uh, and uh, the teaching of his early followers, the people that he discipled, and, and see what is it that they were looking for in relationships because there is a lot in our New Testament and our scripture about how to live in them. And what is their grading system? For, for is a relationship good or not? What is it for? First um, John um, chapter four, just check this out. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, I, I, would, I would guess that most people in a Christian sphere um, would, be, would be pretty excited to say that we should grade a relationship, maybe, maybe not just on does it help me self-actualize, does it give me self-esteem, but grade a relationship based on love, the exchange of love. Um, now, where we might get hung up, though, is how we define love. And if we grab just sort of the, the culture's um, version of love and import that, and, and uh, I mean, I love a lot of things, right? Um, and anybody else love, love a thin crust pineapple and ham pizza? Yes, right, I mean, I love it, I love it. You know, I love my garage door opener. I mean, it's great, I pull up, it, it, it opens, I pull in, I, it closes behind me, everything's fine. Um, but I also, I, I, I love my wife. Do I love my wife the same way I love pizza? I hope not. Um, so what do we mean when we say love? That we want a greater relationship, not just based on self-esteem, self-actualization, but on love. Thankfully, um, we don't have to define it ourselves. The next verse, the, the next flow in that conversation. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is our working definition of love, not the I love my pizza kind of love, not the I love my garage door kind of love, not even just that that like gives me warm and fuzzies and I'm, I'm really excited about that and I, I feel the energy right now. Th this is love, not, not that we loved God, but that love takes the first step and gives love by, by lowering itself to serve the other. That's not the only place that scripture clearly gives this kind of definition. Same book, just a chapter earlier, 
First John chapter three, 16. This is how we know what love is. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is love. How good is your relationship? How much are you laying down your life for that person? There's your grade. Um, maybe if, if we look at, at this, uh, this set of scripture, there's at least two things that we could learn from that, the, the statements that I would feel very confident about saying that, that love for God, um, it, it, how, he, how he loves communicates two things. God is trustworthy and you are, you are worth being loved. God is trustworthy and you are worth loving. What, what if this is our worth, working definition of love that comes from God? That because of how he acts, we see that God is trustworthy and you are worth being loved. Now, now what, if, what if we just take that as our definition? If we love the way God loves, I want you to, want you to do this. Go ahead and grab in your mind the name of one person who's that, that relationship you would like to work on. I'll, I'll give you a minute. Maybe that's a sibling, maybe that's a parent, maybe that's a kid, maybe that's a friend, spouse, boyfriend, whatever. You have the relationship that you want to be better? In your mind, give me a thumbs up when you got it. Waiting on a couple folks. How are we doing up here? No? Yes? Got a couple? Okay. What if this is your grade? That in that relationship, this is what's being communicated. I am trustworthy. You are worth loving. I am trustworthy. You are worth loving. Leave that up for a second. How different is this than the world's definition of is a relationship good or not? Uh, I think that often the world might, might assume, can we get that back up there? Um, the world might assume that, that a relationship is only graded on does it make me who I want to be? What about this? What if the cross of Jesus that communicates that God is trustworthy and that you are worth loving, what if that becomes our definition and that in our relationships we grade our relationships this way that say that I am trustworthy and you are worth being loved? That, that relationship that you have. So let's, let's go to, let's go to our, our workshop moment here. Um, if you can uh, pull out a piece of paper or your phone or whatever, um, see if you can get like an X, Y axis, something that looks like this. Um, anybody have flashbacks to like eighth grade math? I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, and what if, what if the, the column that goes, the line that goes up, um, you can you just maybe put 10 at the bottom, and z- 10 at the top and zero at the bottom. Um, and and this, this is um, the trustworthiness of the person giving love. That they show up, that they do what they say they're gonna do, that we can count on them. Um, and and the, the other axis, the one that goes horizontal, I always have to remember which one's horizontal. Um, on this side, if that's 10, and if this, if this end is zero, if that's the person being loved, do they feel worthy 
of love? Are they receiving love? Do they know that they're worthy of being loved based on how they're being treated? Got me? So trustworthiness, I am worthy of being loved. You ready? Okay, just imagine, go back to kind of your early attachments. And this is called attachment theory, by the way. You can Google it and learn a lot more about it um, than we have time together. This is probably one of the most well-researched theories in relationships. Um, your earliest relationships from the people that were supposed to give you love. Just scale of one to 10, how trustworthy, how dependable, how stable were those people? Or did you feel abandoned? That would be more towards the bottom. Just where would you plot yourself? Horizontal, how much did you feel worthy of being loved? Maybe they were trustworthy, but you didn't feel loved. Maybe you felt loved, but people weren't dependable. Just plot yourself on there somewhere. How about, how about your view of God? Sometimes we import this into our view of God. How, how present, how trustworthy is God in your view growing up? One to 10, not the answer you're supposed to give in church. I know it's supposed to be at a 10 and a 10, but, but your feelings about God. Was he far off? Was he present? Did he, did he feel abandoned or did he feel like he lived up to his promises? One to 10. And then this way, how loved did you feel? How worthy of love did you feel by God? Which, which quadrant maybe does that put you in? Okay, last one today. That relationship that came to your mind? On the receiving end, if you could put yourself in the shoes of that person talking about their relationship with you, where would they put you? How dependable, trustworthy, stable? Do you do what you say you're gonna do? Do you, do you show up when you're supposed to show up? Are you present? Are you trustworthy? One to 10. Horizontal, how loved, how worthy of love do they feel because of how you act towards them? How much do you like them? Maybe, maybe if anything, maybe that would be a place to start. Now, if you plot that out, it kind of ends up um, looking a little bit like this. This is maybe an oversimplification, but hey, I talk about the creator of the universe for a living, oversimplification is my jam. So, here we go. So if you have a strong sense of the other person, they are dependable, and a strong sense of yourself that I am worthy of love in this relationship, you tend to have secure attachment, good relationships. If you have neither, all the way down in the, in the bottom corner, you end up being scared all the time, fear of losing that relationship. They, I can't depend on them, and I'm not worth anything. So life is scary. But maybe on, on the, uh, in the yellow square there, I have a high view of myself. I am worthy of being loved, but I can't depend on you means I don't need this relationship. I can take care of myself. I lived down here for a long period of my life. I, I can take care of myself. Thank you for telling me and communicating to me that I am valuable, but I can't count on you, so I'm gonna have to count on myself. Or maybe up in the orange corner, the anxious corner uh, of you, I can depend on you, but I don't think you like me. I don't think you, I don't think you wanna be with me. Maybe, maybe you show up, but I don't get the sense that, that you care about me. And that creates for an anxious person. Like this relationship could fall apart at any minute. Where would you maybe plot 
your relationship with your early attachments or your relationship with God or this other person's relationship with you? And how could you move that relationship with the other person to the upper right-hand corner? Maybe what I'm curious about is, is there a correlation? The way that you received love as a kid, maybe the way that you view God, does that tend to be what you import into your relationships now? I, I think that... That might be worth talking about. What if we graded our relationships based on do I show up, am I trustworthy, and do you feel loved in this relationship? What if, what if we went crazy? What if, what if this week, what if tomorrow, what if tomorrow, you, you sat down with one of, of the people you work with, maybe your partner and you have to work with them all the time, and you said, how trustworthy am I? And what could I do to let you know that I am more trustworthy? Just give me a couple things that I could do that would help you know. Maybe I need to return emails faster. Maybe, maybe I need to do what I say I'm gonna do. Maybe I need whatever. And then I'm sure not, not the kind where they need to call HR, but if you said, what, what could you do where, where you felt, what could I do where you felt more valued by me? Is there something I could do where, where you would feel more valued by me. I know if you say, what could I do that would make you feel more worthy of love, you might end up on a performance improvement plan and have to sign some documents. I, I get that at work. But, but what about that? What about, what about your kids? Check this out. What if parents this week sat down with their kids and they said, how reliable am I as a parent? How, pre how present am I, one to 10? Where do you think I am? How, how loved do you feel by me? And what could I do to help improve that? Do you know that I like you and that I want to spend time with you? One to 10, where are we at? And we, what, what could I do to improve that? I mean, could, could you imagine? Just, just what if like over a thousand people in our region had that kind of conversation this week? What, what could happen? Now, I realize there's a danger in, in this whole thing. And that's that if we are only grading love um, based on how trustworthy I am and how I make you feel, that it's not about how you make me feel, that there's a ditch on the other side of the road that says that I don't matter in this relationship. That I am only here to give, I'm only here to serve, I'm only here to pour myself out, and I'm gonna end up like a martyr, you know, kind of like sacrificing myself for the other person and that you can kind of be a doormat. And I'm so grateful that that is absolutely um, not, not what we're talking about. In fact, just, just to check this out, um, I wanna look at some, some things that Jesus uh, has to say. Now, in general, when we're talking about health and healthy relationships, either or thinking, extreme either or thinking tends to get us into trouble. But if we can think about both and, and we can think about how things work together, that tends to be where health is found most of the time, most of the time. Now, now check this out, Jesus is, is brilliant. It turns out that guy knows what he's talking about. Matthew 22, when asked about what is the greatest, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God, with, our, with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And, not either or thinking, these things work together, they are in a system, and the second is like it, connected to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How many people are supposed to be loved in this situation? Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as 
yourself. If love is going to be healthy, we need to have a high view of ourselves. We need to see ourselves as someone worthy of love, someone worth being faithful to and trustworthy for, that we can show up for ourselves, we can give love to ourselves. And in fact, this, this is a theme that rolls through scripture. Jesus in that spot, he's quoting Leviticus 19, your favorite chapter in the Bible. And uh, let's, let's pull this up. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Later in that chapter, check this one out. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Command of God, love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. It, it, this, these are just a couple more. Um, Romans, the book of Romans, uh, chapter 13. Um, the, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Galatians, just to drive the point home. That for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Last time, just so this is ringing in your ears. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You are, do, are doing right. So question, how are you to yourself? How faithful are you to yourself? And do you show yourself that you are worthy of love? Is that something that you take time for? Now listen, there's a lot of talk uh, in our culture right now about like self-care. Can be good, can also be just like um, selfishness with some lipstick on it. You know what I mean? Like, and here, here's, here's maybe how you could tell, how, how you can tell the difference. Is this like selfishness or is this self-care? Is this preparing me to love someone well? If I take care of myself and love myself well, if I do what I need to do, go fishing, read a book, hang out with my buddies, I put stuff in my backpack and go out in the woods or I call my friends, whatever it is, is this moment of self-care, is it preparing me to love my neighbor when I need to show up? Because if I don't put anything in the tank, it's gonna be hard to give. And so there's a quick question. Are you letting yourself refill the tank so that you can love others? But it is not okay to be in a relationship where someone devalues you. The church too often has used the conversation about loving others as Jesus loves us, dying on the cross for us, as a way to excuse abuse. Where that person is allowed to do whatever they want and you just need to keep serving and lowering yourself and serving them because this is love. And that's missing the other half of the equation to love your neighbor as yourself. You are someone worthy of love and to let someone devalue you isn't loving them. That's not good for them to be in a relationship where they get to devalue someone over and over again, right? That's not good. Don't hang out in a relationship like that. But here's the thing, here's the thing. In 1 John, I love that he talks about how love moves first. It takes the first move. So we don't need to wait, that person that came up in your mind. You don't need to wait for them to move towards you before you are faithful to them, trustworthy towards them, and you make them feel worthy of love. You don't need to wait. 
whether that's your sibling or, or your parent or your spouse or your roommate or your kid or, or whoever, or your best friend, you do not need to wait for them to be trustworthy towards you or to make you feel loved in order for you to do that towards them. Love makes the first move, but then it leaves space for response. Jesus dies on the cross for us and forces none of us to be in a relationship with him. He makes the first move and he gives space. He does not drag anybody into heaven kicking and screaming, right? He gives space. So let's take the first step towards people and then give them room. Uh, Just sidebar, I talked myself out of things for a while. Can I just have group therapy here for a second? Okay, I talked myself out um, of loving someone in my life for a while because I told myself, I can't fix this. Well, unfortunately, I prayed about it one day and the Holy Spirit put on my heart, I'm not asking you to fix it, I'm asking you to do your part. And I was using I can't fix this as a reason to do nothing. Jesus didn't look at us and say, I can't fix them all, so I will stay in heaven. He moves towards us in love and then gives us space to respond. How beautiful is that? But how different is this than the conversation that the world is having? And here's the thing. When we feel dry, we can always go to the God who pours out his unending, delicious, never stopping love on us to get down in front of him in the place where it says God is love. We did not love God, but God loved us. When we are not receiving and I want you in relationships where you receive. But when we aren't receiving, we can still go in front of the God of the universe who because he is trustworthy and because you are worthy of love, he went to the cross for you. And we can go and receive to prepare to do whatever we need to in our relationships. I, just one, one last picture of this and I, I just couldn't make it out of a, a relationship series without without this, and the, uh, the first, first line will tip you off on why. In your relationships with one another, this is our, this is our grade. Not, not self-esteem, not self-actualization. This is our grade. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Tall order, I know who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you know what gives God glory, what shows his faithfulness, what helps people receive his love is when someone shows up and says, how can I lower myself to a place of a servant here? 
How can I be trustworthy and show people that they are worthy of love? And, and if we have people that do that, the kingdom of God takes root in people's hearts because that looks like Jesus. So I'd like to invite you to consider what could you do in that relationship that came to your mind? What could you do this week that would help you live into that mindset more? Your grade is this. Am I trustworthy? And do you feel worthy of love? I would also love for you to stay after for Q&A with us. I'll have a guest speaker because they're smarter than I am and we had a blast last service. So I would love for you guys to hang out for a few minutes while we work through some stuff about relationships together. Um, but right now, let's, let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we are really incapable of living a life like that apart from your spirit working in us. So would you send your Holy Spirit on us in a fresh way? And God, I pray for freedom for people, that they would feel free from feeling the need for other people to make them who they wanna be. That they wouldn't need to grade who they're dating or their boss or their kids or whoever on on do they make me into the person that I'm trying to achieve to be in my life. Freedom from that. And freedom from not valuing oneself and just letting people walk over them. Freedom from those things and a place in the middle that says I can love my neighbor as myself. That I will receive love from a trustworthy God who says that I am worthy of being loved and that I can be trustworthy for others and show them that they are worthy of being loved. And it is in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Feel free to share this with others that God has put on your heart. To learn more about LaCroix Church or to find your next steps, head to lacroixchurch.org. Thanks again for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon.